Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Texas won't have to get federal approval before making changes to its voter maps, despite finding that Texas had engaged in racial gerrymandering. Thanks to an appeals court's decision, a ruling based on a recent Supreme Court case. Texas had been under preclearance for more than 30 years before another Supreme Court ruling in 2013. Joining me is Richard Brafalt, professor of election law at Columbia Law School. So, Rich, Texas was at risk of being the first state pushed back under federal electoral oversight. It's a process known as preclearance. Will you start us off by explaining just what preclearance means? Sure. Preclearance is the idea that before a jurisdiction like a state or a city or a county can change its election laws, it has to get a prior approval either from the Department of Justice in Washington or from a federal district court. And the idea is that there are some jurisdictions, because of their past records of discrimination, that are sufficiently problematic that instead of going through the normal process of a jurisdiction passing a law and then it getting challenged and the burden being on the challenger to show it's discriminatory, this reverses that. This requires prior approval, preclearance by government agency before the law could go into effect. So in the opinion at the Fifth Circuit, Judge Javier Rodriguez said the court has grave concerns about Texas's past conduct, and he cited things like the recent enactment of a voter ID rule, a recent voter purge attempt. So why didn't the court put Texas under federal oversight then? Well, the court basically said that this is an extraordinary remedy. And although Texas has done some bad stuff, has been found to engage in discriminatory behavior in its redistricting in 2011, there were some allegations that some courts supported of some discriminatory behavior in its voter ID law. It wasn't enough. As the court pointed out, for a long time, there was a a federal statute that put certain jurisdictions under preclearance for all purposes, all voting law change purposes. The Supreme Court in the case called Shelby County a few years ago said that went too far, uh, that it's too much of a challenge to our system of federalism to have these jurisdictions which were first sort of singled out in the 1960s and 70s continue to be under this special oversight. They left in place a part of the law that says you can have a targeted inclusion of a jurisdiction, sometimes called bail-in, that on a judicial finding, this particular jurisdiction could be subject to federal oversight for particular kinds of voting law changes. But even then, this, this Texas court said, following some other courts, it's an extraordinary remedy. You have to have really a lot of evidence that this jurisdiction is likely to continue to engage in discriminatory behavior. And they said, no, in effect, we're watching you. So we'll see what happens next time. But we didn't think there was enough there to justify this extraordinary remedy. The judge did warn that Texas will likely continue to engage in, quote, ingenious defiance of the Constitution that necessitated the preclearance system in the first place. You know, they expressed a real fear. I mean, the court says some interesting things. They pointed out that uh, jurisdictions are most likely to engage in discriminatory behavior when the, the dominant group feels that its control is being threatened. And because of rapid population growth in Texas, particularly among minority groups, Latinos in particular, the white majority of legislature is likely to feel in, under more pressure than ever. So it's kind of a prediction that the same kinds of discriminatory behavior that has occurred in the past will occur again. But the court said, nonetheless, we'll wait to see what happens, and we hope you won't. Did the Supreme Court's recent opinion about partisan gerrymandering have any effect here? 
it may have an effect down the road. One of the problems in this area is distinguishing partisan manipulation from racial manipulation or racial gerrymandering, because in so many parts of the country, race and party are closely intertwined. The Supreme Court has said that racial gerrymandering is unconstitutional, but as you just pointed out, but that partisan gerrymandering is not. And so often in many of these cases, it's difficult to separate out which of this is racial discrimination, which of this is partisan discrimination. Courts have generally said that racial discrimination, even if it's done for partisan goals, is still racial discrimination. The issues will be intertwined. So how important is this Fifth Circuit ruling to elections going forward and perhaps to the results of the 2020 census? Basically, for the moment, it means that nothing changes. The Supreme Court did blessed Texas's most recent plan. So Texas passed a plan in 2011, which was found to be discriminatory. They then passed a new plan in 2013, which looked a lot like the old plan, but had some changes. That was challenged, and the lower courts found it discriminatory, but the Supreme Court ultimately upheld it in a case last year. So that plan will be used in the 2020 elections, and then there'll be, after the census, there'll be uh, you know changes to Texas maps probably in 2021 going to the 2022 election. And that's when this issue will come up again. Both their congressional map and their state legislative map will be based on actions the state legislature takes in 2021 and maybe 2022. The minority rights activists are likely to appeal this to the Supreme Court. As you mentioned, this has been in some form or another up at the Supreme Court twice already. Will the court have to take it again? And is it likely to do anything with it? I think on this particular issue of whether or not a remedy, in other words, what this alien or preclearance is, is an extraordinary remedy. I think it's unlikely the Supreme Court would take this, or at least on the merits, because, in fact, this remedy has very rarely been imposed. It was imposed on a state in the 1990s, on Arkansas, for limited purposes. And more recently, it's been imposed on a couple of local governments. But it's very rarely imposed. And I think this particular three-judge court did have some equitable discretion as to whether or not they thought it was appropriate. So 2010 census, the state gained more than 4 million new residents, more than 80 percent Hispanic. But state lawmakers didn't create any new voting districts that favored the election of minority politicians. So just tell us in less than a minute, what does a state have to do to comply with the rules and regulations? Well, they have to make sure that their districts are of equal population, that we know. They also have to avoid what's called vote dilution, which is reducing the, the ability of minorities to elect. But, of course, the ability of minorities to elect is often going to be contested going in. They certainly have to avoid intentional discrimination. And what happened in Texas is that the 2011 plan was struck down for that. But other than that, as the Supreme Court tells us after the, the Rousseau, the partisan gerrymandering cases, this is still primarily a matter for state legislatures to do. So they have a certain amount of discretion as to how they can draw their lines. Uh-huh. A big issue that may be coming up is who do you try and equalize? And that may be something for a future discussion. It's always been the case that they've had to equalize total population. One of the issues that's being raised out there, particularly on the Republican side, is whether they can focus on citizen population rather than total population. Thanks so much. That's Richard Brafault. He's a professor at Columbia Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.